Brownstown Speedway. Schaefer Photo and Custom Tea is the place for any race fan to get racing memorabilia. Mark and Jamie Schaefer will work to make whatever custom photo product you would like. From prints, keychains, magnets, buttons, and much more, stop by the Schaefer Photo and Custom Tea booth and let Bronze Bobby know what they can do for you. OCC Seamless Gutters is the only place to turn for new 6-inch seamless gutters, gutter repair, leaf guard systems, and gutter cleanouts. I mean it. Go outside right now, and if your gutters have trees growing out of them, call OCC. Let me give you a little hint. Schedule them for a time your wife is gone and take all the credit. OCC is fully insured and offers free estimates. Call them today at 812-592-7899 or visit their Facebook page at OCC Seamless Gutters. Legacy Paint and Body is a family-owned auto body paint and repair shop located in Columbus, Indiana. Specializing in collision repairs, insurance claims for collision work, restorations, rust repair, headlight restoration, detailing, and more. If you have any questions about the quality of work they do, check out their Facebook page. Contact them today at 812-799-1344 for a free estimate and tell them your friends at Throttled Up sent you. Race fans, in the Fast Lane Productions has rebranded itself as Dirt to Media. This is a huge win for us as race fans as they will be expanding their coverage to three local racetracks. For a mere $9.99 a month, you can choose between race action from Thunder Valley, Twin Cities Raceway Park, or Brownstown Speedway. But really, who can choose? So for only $13.99 per month, upgrade to the VIP membership and receive video from all three tracks. The only question I have left for you is, what are you doing? Get over to dirttomedia.tv and sign up today. Gilpin Electric and Generator Services is a customer-first company that takes care of all your electric and generator needs. They're your go-to dealer, installer, and generator service company. Don't be stuck without power during severe weather this year. Contact Gilpin Electric and Generator Services on Facebook or call them at 812-953-1261. Hey, Matt, what would you say is one of your most prized possessions? Oh, it has to be my racing t-shirts. And you've got an impressive collection. But I heard about a new place. P3RacingShirts.com is the one and only place offering genuine custom racing shirts with no minimum quantities. Their shirts are printed in full color using the latest technology in direct-to-garment printing. They have custom designs for several different car types and specialize in our favorite, dirt track racing. That has to be great for the local driver. You don't have to buy all those up front. Absolutely, and they don't have to hold all that inventory at home. What did you say that was again? P3RacingShirts.com. Let's check them out. We've all heard horror stories about insurance companies and insurance agents. Let me tell you about my family's agent, Tommy Taylor. Tommy is an agent at Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance and is a multi-line agent that can keep all your insurance in one place. Why is a dedicated agent so important? When you have the unexpected occur, you'd much rather know the person on the other end of the phone. Contact info for Tommy, 812-372-4483 at extension 2447, or look him up on Facebook at Tommy Taylor, Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance. Don't be another horror story. Stop knocking on wood and relying on a 1-800 number. Trust Tommy Taylor today. And we are back here at Thrilled Up the Podcast. And before we uh, we give Billy Moyer Jr. a call here, I do wanna I do wanna point out a couple things. Um, first of all, obviously, all of us in this uh, coronavirus situation that we're in right now, if you get the chance, support your local restaurants, your local um, establishments the best you absolutely can. Um, we want to make sure they're still here when we're all done with this. So make sure that you're doing what you can, whether it's going and buying a gift card 
ordering out. Um, I know Ryan for you and I, um, Thirsty Sportsman, I've ordered several times. I saw uh, just today, I believe, Bubba's open back up there in Seymour. So if you get the chance to to order takeout there from Bubba's, uh, make sure you're doing that. Um, again, because we want to make sure these places are still here when we can all go back out and have a good time again. So make sure you're, you're supporting them. Yep, absolutely. I spoke with um, one of the owners at Bubba's uh, yesterday, um, and – you know, she said it's just kind of a sad time right now. She's more worried about her employees than, than anything right now. So I'm um, definitely glad to hear them open back up. And I know we've been supporting, you know, all of our local folks there in Seymour. So um, hopefully we all get through this together. Yeah, and the last one I want to shout out here is um, one of our sponsors, OCC. used to be OCC Seamless Gutters. It is now OCC Construction and Seamless Gutters. And um, that's a good friend of the show, Jeremy Owens, um, really expanding what he's done. I, I put out a post today. Go check my personal Facebook page where I talked about the work he's done for me, and I can't speak highly enough about him, and that has nothing to do with him being a sponsor. Um, he really does high-quality work. Him and I are in the talks right now. He's actually going to be the guy that's going to come in and do a full remodel here in the studio um, and finish some things out and make this uh, a really, really uh, professional uh, race fan man cave uh, for us to, to broadcast out of. So really, really excited about that. Um, so if you get a chance, if you have some work you need to do, give him a call and uh, make sure you're ready to go. Um, so we are going to uh, give Billy Moyer Jr. a call here. Um, talk to him a little bit about his race season. And uh, obviously, you know, last season getting ready into this year. Um, and looking ahead so let's see here let's let's give him a call the greatest ringtone hey billy how's it going hey good how are you guys doing great man and uh, again i want to open up here I know we talked a little bit earlier, giving this a test run, but I want to start by just thanking you again for uh, coming on the show tonight. Yeah, no, thank you guys for having us or having me. Glad, to, glad to be on here, and uh, hopefully we can uh, talk about some racing and uh, pass the time here until we can all get back going again. And Billy, I want to open up with this with you, and and we I ask everybody that comes on, but you know. Obviously, you grew up around the track. What drew you, though? Because it, it, when, you, when you've got the family legacy that you have at the racetrack, it can drive you one of two ways, either into loving it or wanting nothing to do with it. So what drew you into the track? Um, I think one thing, like growing up around this, uh, you know, was one thing. But, like, I did play a lot of sports and stuff growing up until I was, you know, 14 or so, I think, or 13. So, you know, I didn't, I get, I got to have a little bit of a summer there for a few years. Um, but I think the, the biggest thing is, is, you know, this is what I've been doing for, you know, 20 years, it seems like, as far as, you know, working for my dad and whatnot, um, I, I, the competition, I like it. It's not, uh, um, you know, this, this stuff, it's getting closer and closer, like a NASCAR style deal where more money and this and that, 
and you know guys don't have to work on their cars and stuff and just show up type deal that I, that that doesn't you know i'm not i'm not wired like that but um just i like the competition and i like uh you know growing up around all these people as far as the you know from some track promoters to uh, uh you know track promoters to random sponsors just the friends that have been around forever you know i i, I like doing that and i I never was like a huge party and everything. So I kind of on the weekends, I, I went and raced with my dad as much as I could. And I think that's just kind of been my life. And uh, I, I really don't know if I could see myself doing anything different, uh, you know, for, you know, for another 20, 30 years or something, you know, I'm sure when I get way older, I'll, I'll find something else to do. Um, but I just, I, I like the sport and I like, uh, I like being around all the people and whatnot, whether, you know, it's your, you know, like Bab and, uh, Fager, or if it's hell like Schwally and, you know, uh, or hell Ed Petrov, you know, just hanging out with them and the stories and whatnot, just, it means a lot to, you know, be able to talk to so many people. Well, when you get way older, you'll sit in the stands and tell everybody how they should be driving. That's what you'll do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, my dad's still going here at 62. I, uh, uh, I, I don't know if I'll be able to do that at 62, but we'll see. And, uh, you know, never know what the future holds. I, uh, uh, you know, I think we're doing all right right now and just got to keep on, you know, I, I, we try to work hard and, uh, you know, represent our sponsors and take care of, you know, everybody that keeps us going up down the road. So hopefully I can do that another, you know, 20 years or so. So I want to ask you this. You talked about you played a lot of other sports, sports up until you were 14. If it wasn't racing, what sport would you have stuck with? Um, well, I mean, I was never like, I'm not good enough to go to do anything big. You know, I was actually, I was probably like, uh, growing up, I could, I could pitch, like I could throw the crap out of the thing, but, uh, basketball was always my passion. Like I, I had more fun. I still do to this day. Like I, I'm a big NBA guy, but, um, if I didn't, if I didn't like kind of quit, you know, my, eighth grade year ninth grade year to to focus just on racing and going with dad um it would have been basketball but i really i was probably i was never the greatest like batter but i was i could i could throw i could pitch pretty decent i mean i'll never nothing to go any further than high school but uh you know but basketball i that i have more fun doing that you just need that designated hitter yeah <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't bad, but I, I just I that wasn't my strong suit. I was a better pitcher than probably anything. But basketball, I, I used to shoot pretty good, and then I think I grew. I was I was like five five, and about one uh, shoot one forty fifty. So I was chunky, but I could shoot, but I couldn't do anything else because I I couldn't jump. And then like just like that, I grew, and then all of a sudden I didn't have a very good shot, but I could get in there and rebound, and you know. I could mix it up in the paint. I have way more fun doing that than just shooting. <laughs> so you're a big NBA fan. Who's your team? Oh, Memphis Grizzlies right here. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. That's my – I got all my colors and everything there. I got my daughter. She's got her stuff all over too. She's slowly taking over my game room, but uh, that's all right. That, that no, happens. I'm a, yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge, huge NBA fan. All right. Well, I'm a Bulls fan, but I, I can I can respect a Grizzlies fan. Yeah, I'm I'm Michael. I mean, uh, I think everybody's a Michael Jordan fan back in the day. That that guy's the greatest guy that'll ever pick up basketball. I think. I we, there'll be no argument about that. I can promise. 
Yeah, I'm. I'm a man. He was. He's awesome, and I like his attitude. I, I've him and Kobe Bryant were wired the same, and that's why them guys were so good. They just they didn't give a crap about stepping on your throat. But after the, you know, that Kobe was a really good personality. He's got on a basketball, and at, you know, when he was retired there for them few years, that he showed kind of behind the scenes what kind of person he was. But that's that's why I respect that him so much now that you know he's passed away but he, he done a lot of things behind the scenes but as far as on the court man them guys a lot of people didn't like him or michael jordan but they just i mean if you think about it, you're going to play a sport and a team sport do you want that guy that's going to pat somebody on the back or do you want that guy that's going to step on their throat until the game's over well i think as as racing <laughs> fans and and you know you being a driver i think that's what we respect i mean where are you going to wreck the person in front of you if it means winning the biggest race of your life and most drivers have that step on your throat mentality. I mean, as Tony Stewart famously said, I'll wreck my mother, your mother, anybody's mother if it's, it means me winning a race. So I, I think that that's where a lot of my respect comes from with those two as well. That's, that's, that's right. I, uh, yeah, them, them guys are, they just have a different mindset, but as far as, you know, like racing, I, uh, I'm not going to go in there and, you know, blitz somebody to win. But if I, you know, if it's coming down to, and you got to rub on somebody to win, uh, you know, you're probably going to do it. I'm not going to go in there and go over somebody's air cleaner when I, you know, I had to drive like an idiot to get to them, you know, on the last lap. But if, if we're going on the back stretch and we're side by side type deal and we got to rub a little, then it's going to happen. But I, I treat people a lot how they treat me. Like if, if I'm going down to turn three and it's Shepard or Bab or Timmy McCready or something, I'm probably not going to go in there and rub on them guys. But if it's, you know, I'm not going to mention no names, but if it's guys that aren't going to respect me, then I'm not going to respect them. But uh, there, there's a lot of guys out there that, that are very respectful. You know, them three there, Bab, McCready, Sheppy, you know, them are guys that are very, very respectful. And, and I would treat them the way – I mean, hell, we're all going to rub and we're all going to hit here and there, but I'm not going to go in there and do anything stupid to one of them guys that, that wouldn't do that to me, I should say. I thought you were getting ready to give us one hell of an exclusive. I thought you were getting ready to roll out some names. <laughs> no, I, uh, I, I'd i like to do one of them interviews when I get a little older, just to uh, set the record straight on how I got brought up and how all my racing and everything is. I'm going to do that when I'm a little older and I uh, got a little more, uh, hopefully I have a little more uh, cloud. Right now I'm still a, still a younger guy and haven't won very much, so I'm not, I, I don't get the honor to say that, but, uh, you know, 20 30 years from now i hope i get to have one of them interviews where i just tell it like it is like cj rayburn does he, uh, <laughs> he that guy tells it how it is well i'll tell you this billy i mean if if uh we get to that point 20 30 years down the road i'll come to you and we'll do it live i'll i'll, I will, I'll do anything i can to get that interview yeah that, that that'll be fun i you know i, I just i'm not gonna do nothing uh, to do anything you know wrong but i i have always said i'd like to do a uh one of them, like in professional wrestling, they have them shoot interviews, you know, where them guys aren't in character and they're not, uh, you know, they're, they're talking, they're not, you know, they're not Stone Cold Steve Austin or whoever, you know, and that's the real guy. And they talk about some guys they don't like, you know, I'm not <laughs> going to do that, but I, I would like to set the record straight and give a bunch of examples of how I got brought up because uh, it's definitely, uh, it, it's going to blow some people's mind. So let, let's let's jump into that a little bit. Obviously, you grow up around the track. At, at 14, you start focusing on racing. What did you jump into? Kind of how did you get started into to really making this, I'm going to go do this? Well, I, uh, 
um, you know, for, I, I went a lot, but, you know, growing up when I was younger, you know, I remember like 10, 11, 12, all them years. I really, I kind of, I can't remember before that, but them years I'd go with my mom and, you know, be in the t-shirt trailer and people would always ask. And I just said, well, I'm only 10, you know, 11. And, uh, I, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to race, but I said, not yet. You know, hell, I'm still too young. Well, uh, we were in Kankakee, Illinois. It was the start of summer nationals or maybe not the start, but somewhere in there. I was 13 years old and I, uh, uh, my dad, we unhooked the t-shirt trailer and everything. And I told him, I said, dad, can I come in the pits? Like I'm tired of being up here and selling t-shirts with mom. You know, I'd, I want to come down there and work. And he kind of laughed and I was like, well, are you going to work? And I was like, I'll do, I'll, I'll try. I'll, you know, I'm not lazy. <laughs> and, uh, He's like, all right, well, I'll buy your pit pass. And if you work, well, I'll come in there. And, uh, you know, it was like 630. It was about hot laps time. And because uh, that day it was, I think it was the start of summer nationals maybe. And I walk in there and uh, Steve and them are hanging out. And I'm like, hey, uh, what, what can I do? And Holmes like, what do you mean? And I'm like, you know, I want to, I'm, I'm here to work. I, I got out of the t-shirt trailer so now I can work. And, and Steve said, huh, you're going to work, huh? All right, well, uh, grab two seven sixteenths wrenches and check all the body braces. And, uh, so I done that. I put wheel covers on, I scraped mud and I would carry fuel jugs. I couldn't put fuel jugs in. I couldn't put tires on. So they didn't trust me yet. Um, that's, that's how I started. I started dumping the trash and, uh, going and getting things from my dad or running down there and getting the lineup. Uh, I didn't get to do very, uh, everything's important. But I didn't get to do anything that, that I could have screwed up. And then it just kind of went from there, uh, you know, a year or two later, and then this and that. And then I kind of kept going. Well, then I kind of got to where I was really working and knew and will, know what was going on. And that's kind of – I didn't start till I was like 18. And that's why um, I, I wanted to understand how to work on the cars. And and my dad, he we were at the shop. And it was probably like October, November, something. And he told me, he said, hey, uh, I remember like it was yesterday. I walked, we got kind of two parts of the shop. And I walked down to the wash bay. and uh, Or we walked into the wash bay. And he told me, he said, hey, go uh, put that old Runyon. Get that thing out. We're going to put, uh, uh, we're, or Hatfield, not Runyon. It was a Hatfield. And he said, we're going to put that thing in that Rayburn. And I said, all right, cool. What for? For you. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and, uh that's kind of how it started. I'm like, okay. So I went and got this thing and I'm getting all this stuff ready. And Steve walks up to me and says, what are we doing? It's like, ah, he wants this Hatfield motor and this Rayburn here. It was like a shit six year. Sorry. It was like a six, seven year old motor. And the car was like two or three years old. And he told me, he said, and Steve said, what are we doing? He said, dad. And I told him, I said, dad said, I'm going to drive it. He said, you're going to what? <laughs> and, and then it just kind of went from there. And, uh just kind of put it together but like the whole point of like explaining that my i raced like my first two years with no help at all as far as at the racetrack my dad probably came to a handful of races and um i won my first race it was my seventh race out i was on a dually open trailer and my old, old raven and eight used tires i just threw them on there and I won, and it was me and my mom and my brother's girlfriend at the time. That was our, that was my three people. That was us. And right then, I thought, holy shit, this, I made $1,000 on it. This is too easy. <laughs> well, I didn't win again for like the next two and a half years, and it was a brutal, brutal stretch because actually three years, I think. I didn't win until 09. And uh, no, maybe 08. 
And anyways, that showed me, you know, how hard it is. But like I could race by myself without any help because my dad made me understand how to work on the car and what it took to get up and down the road. And as far as, you know, going through the whole nightly maintenance and and what to do, what to put fuel in, what to change shocks. You know, at first I didn't understand how to work on the car, but I did understand what to do. Like I didn't know what adjustments to make, but I knew, hey, we need to get up and buff the rear tires. We need to put fuel in it. Um, you know, this and that, you know, I could keep up with that. And then I just kept on learning over the years kind of what, uh, what to do. And, and that's, that's part of the thing that nobody, not many people, people now that I'm getting older kind of understand that. But my first few years, everybody just thought I was like a silver spoon and like just showed up and raced and brought my helmet. Well, they didn't realize, you know, hell, I didn't have a new motor until like 2012, I raced for like seven years on old stuff and, and I'm not, it's not no like kick the bucket, poor me deal. It's just how I had to start and sleeper. will take that. You call pro power. He'll tell you that straight up to anybody that calls. I didn't have a new motor. Like I had four years or older motor for like my first six, seven years, which is great. Hell, I'm not saying it was rough, but it damn sure I didn't have no brand new Clement sitting in there and a brand new Rayburn or a brand new master built growing up. You know, I got the, dad brought me up the right way so i would appreciate it um as far as all of the equipment and that's part of the reason back to wrecking people um that that's why i don't do that and, and i mean hell i've wrecked a few i've messed up and a few times i might even done some stuff on purpose but i've never <laughs> you know i i try to not go in and drive like an idiot i guess and wreck somebody's equipment or you know go over there and drive over somebody's nose and they got to go fix the nose and don't make no money that night so, uh, you know, try to be as respectful on that. But that's why I got brought up that way. Yeah, and I think that's really amazing because I just listened to the Dale Jr. download with uh, Kyle Petty. And he talked about when he wanted to start racing. And, and Richard told him he had to work in every uh, part of the shop. So he had to be in the paint booth. He had to be in the motor booth. He had to do the body work. And he said, I went through all of that. And he said, I was, I think he was 19 before he even got in a race car too. And he said, everybody thought it'd just be handed to him. But he said, I had to prove that I could do every part of the job before dad would ever let me get in the race car. That's awesome. I didn't know that, but I, uh, them older guys, man, Earnhardt, Petty, they know that that's, that's how they all made their kids be, you know? And I, I wish that would still be true today to a lot of them. There's some out there, you know, I mean, uh, um, I'll tell you somebody that that's a worker that like doesn't get enough credit as far as like the working is uh shepherd. Uh, I've watched that guy like be 15 years old, changing a motor out in the, you know, out in the Western Kentucky speedway pit area. Like that guy's uh he, he can work and I've watched him and he's just in a very fortunate spot right now. And that's not his job is to work on the car. Like, like every, you know, right now that guy, I, I got a lot of respect for him. That guy's won a lot of races, and he doesn't tear up very much equipment at all, if any, really. That that thing doesn't have a scratch on it more times. And, I mean, hell, I don't know. He run the whole speed weeks, and I didn't see a whole lot tore up. No, and he was on a rail, man, and he has been for about a year and a half now. I mean, it is just unbelievable what he's been able to do. He is. He's a damn good person, and uh, I, just, I just respect him so much because he, he can work on him. But also, man, that guy doesn't tear anybody's stuff up. He, you never hear that guy say how fast he is either. And he's arguably the, the car and him together are the, you know, they've been the fastest thing in the sport for two years. No, and I, I will say this. What impresses me probably the most about him is 
he still has even the run he's been on for the last two years. He is still excited about every race he wins, um, and, and and for good reason. But I remember last year. Obviously, we're here in Southern Indiana, watching him win the icebreaker at Brownstown last year, and the excitement that he had and Mark Richards had. That was as genuine as you could see. I mean, that wasn't just ah, it's just another Lucas race, no big deal. We rolled in here, we took the trophy, we leave. He he truly understands and appreciates every win he ends up with. I, I agree. I watched it. Them guys, they're a they're a hell of a team. And um, uh, yeah, I, you can't. No matter what, you can't take anything away from the way their teams ran, how clean everything is, the body panels, uh, the hell everything. I, I I respect the hell out of them guys. All the whole team. They they work hard and. Uh, um, but you know, I just, I'm big on the guys that I, the way I got brought up, you know, I respect a lot of them guys that, that do work on it and, and know how it goes. And I, and he's one of them that he doesn't get enough credit. If, if, if it was, if he needed to get out there, he could get out there and do anything. And, um, I, uh, that, that's pretty cool to see somebody like that succeed. Cause I, I was at that Western Kentucky that day. I was telling you, they were changing a motor and the motor fell on his arm and he like caught the thing falling out of the trailer. I don't know how the heck I remember that. But it like fell out. I don't even think he was racing. I think he was helping his dad. And the motor fell on the trailer and like landed on his arm or something. He like caught it. And I mean, hell, he's a 14, 15 year old kid out there changing a motor in the dirt instead of, you know, sitting in a swimming pool drinking lemonade. <laughs> yeah. Hey, let me ask you this too. Who are some of those other guys? I mean, and I'm talking obviously your dad, but who are some of those other on the other end of that spectrum that you just are blown away by that you really look at the talent they had, the work ethic they had, those kind of things as uh, drivers. Jim, Jimmy Owens, uh, number one. And besides my dad, because he's my dad, that guy, I look up to him more than anybody probably ever. I ever will. That guy right there. He's a, uh, he's a hell of a dad. Like I see behind the scenes. He's a very, very good dad. And, uh, uh he, he's respectful on the track. Like people get mad, if, like that guy don't, if something happens, you either hit that guy and rubbed him wrong, or it was just a racing deal. That guy don't run nobody over. Like no matter what anybody, any social media crap says anywhere, that guy don't run nobody over. And, uh, but Jimmy, you know, he's older than me, obviously by, by a little bit, but that guy, like he can build anything that Chris Fox, me and him are pretty good friends. Used to work for him as cousin tire guy there a few years ago. He said Jimmy can he can build the car and pull it around the racetrack. But the the people that they don't understand as far as that spring smashing, I'm sure you guys heard that word a bazillion times. And the way the car sets up, Jimmy does it all. Like he's he's his crew chief. Um, you know, he he's just that's just how he got brought up and that's how he is. Um, but as far as you know, the guys that that just th this is hell. There might be more guys out there. I don't know. Just the ones that I I have talked to personally or seen. Um, you look at the guys that, that run their own team. Um, if you run your own team, you better have a lot of want to, uh, Dennis Herb is one, um, Bab, uh, uh, like Eckert and Francis over the years. I know they both drove for people at times, but they still run their own team. Also, um, Burkhofer, he's another guy that like, just for this is all I mean, hell, this isn't the, you know, the gospel or the, you know, God's honest truth. But just from what I see, I'm just telling you them guys, Burkhofer is one um, uh, like 
I'm trying to think. Bab, I'm, I keep saying him, but he's a guy that he he can do everything also. And he's hell. He helped me change a generator one time, like on race day at his shop, like little things like that. And changing a generator on a race rig sucks. And him and his crew guy, hell, they busted in there and they done most of the work. They just told me what to do. And um, you know, th- them guys there. I think uh, trying to think like. Uh, put me on a spot there i think um uh, you know jack sullivan like guys that he don't even race anymore but he's one that that you know takes care of his equipment and and you know works on his own stuff uh another guy josh richards uh he's in a great spot obviously right now but he's his own crew chief um he's he's very very sharp just from the little bit that i've I mean, we talk and everything, but not like best friends, but a little bit from the outside looking in, he's another guy that's pretty dang sharp and does a lot of his own stuff, you know, and um, I've seen that Herb kid, uh, Tyler Herb, he's another guy, he'll get out there and work, he might rub on you, but he'll, uh, I've, I've seen him out there working on his stuff, uh, you know, that, that guy, we might not always agree on everything on the track at times and whatnot, but I'm not going to come in and say that guy don't work on his car. And, and I've seen him help fix it himself and go right back out there, you know, and that's them are pretty cool things. Uh, the younger crowd are the ones that, you know, since I, I'm probably over the I'm out of that young tier now, I'm, I'm you know, up in age, age. You're level in the middle group now. <laughs> yeah, I'm in the, I think I'm in the middle group now. But, you know, them guy, the younger ones, they, they need to, you know, if that's one thing that, that needs to be, you know, waved on more towards them young guys are hey boys you need to work on it a little more yourself and and do things where without somebody telling you like uh you know little things like i mean my dad is harped on me about organization and uh knowing that car front to back and stuff like now i'm i'm more of a neat freak than my dad like i I get on him for leaving the shop and you know I, i pick up the shop hell i was organizing the tires today after i got done with the mulch this afternoon or the I had to bring my mom and wife some mulch and then we went out there and organized some tires and, you know, just trying to keep the shop looking nice. But, you know, there's, there's a few of the, you know, names, uh, that, you know, that, that work hard. I, I mean, just the guys that do it themselves and I, I'm not knocking anybody. There's a hell of a lot more guys that I, I can't think of that, that are just as good. At, or, I mean, that everybody out there tries hard and works their butt off, but there's just another step that, you know, like I, you know, Bloomquist, my dad, Owens, Burkhofer, Bab, all five of them guys um, could could hook up to the trailer and go race without without any help. You know, now obviously my dad and Scott are a little older now, but you know they you know 15, 20 years ago, them guys know what it takes. They could go race by themselves. I, and I They're, still and I'll be honest, I still wouldn't I wouldn't count your dad and and Scott out by themselves against any field anywhere. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I just mean, you know, working, that we're doing all the work. That's, I've watched Scott, hell, I've watched him over there groove tires and buff tires and change stuff on the car himself. And, you know, that that's a 60, or I mean, a 50-something-year-old guy over there doing it. And then you got some of these 20-year-olds sitting over there playing on Instagram while they're, you know, <laughs> while the mechanics are doing everything. You know, that that uh, that that doesn't set real well with me, you know. But, I mean, to each their own, you do whatever you want. My dad just constantly beat on me about, uh, how do I word this? Like, if you're working on that car, you better know, you better 
know how to work on it. Like, like if you come in and hit the fence, can you replace the right front suspension mm -hmm. in time to make qualifying? Um, well, that, I think that builds your respect with your crew too. I mean, if you're, Absolutely. if you're tearing stuff up and you walk in, you expect them to fix everything. I mean, <laughs> you, you, you gotta be a part of that deal and know what you're doing that, Hey, I'm in this, I'm invested. Yeah, man. I've, man, I've, I've took, I've, I've knocked the deck out of that thing sometimes. And man, I feel bad. Like, like if we're in a hurry and I'd blow the deck out of it and I got to get up there and work on the shocks and springs because, you know, I wasn't very fast and that kind of, man, I, I hate to make my guys do that, but I have before, you know, and I've stuffed in the fence and I'm working on the back end. They're working on the front end, you know I mean? Yeah, they get paid to work on the car, but I, I don't, I don't ever want to come in and, you know, say, Hey boys, fix that right front suspension. I'm going to go up here and eat a corn dog or something. Yeah, you know, I was going to say that's I, a, you getting shocks and springs ready is a whole different deal than sitting on Instagram taking selfies. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, that, it sucks. I mean, I, I've done that, especially like at Eldora when, when man, I, I'm not, you know, I miss it a lot on the setup and have to go in there and finagle on the thing. And I've knocked the deck down of it a lot. And then them guys have to fix it and you, you feel like crap, but you know, I, I think they all respect me for the most part, especially my most of my guys that work for me. No matter what happens, like over the years, I don't think any of them will ever say I don't work on the car. Um, I, I just, I try, you know, don't show them guys up. I try to not do that. I mean, I've yelled and made and, you know, been not, I, I've not made some, I've made some dumb moves or yelling or something, but I try to, at least if I'm pissed off, to get up in the truck before anybody sees me because I don't, I don't want them guys to look like I'm showing them up. And I damn sure don't want them yelling at me uh showing me up you know we uh there was a guy down in florida we got out of the car at east bay one night and i think i don't know we ran decent like eighth or ninth or something and i got out and my one guy was there the other one wasn't there yet and i got out and they give me a bottle of water and i'm taking all my crap off and i'm slowly getting out and somebody's like yelling behind us like big time and i'm like what in the heck's going on i turn around and look and they're yelling the crew guy was telling him like what to do he wasn't doing something right that guy got pretty heated with him and uh, he was, yeah, he said, you, you know, just kind of, they had some words. And I told both my guys that I said, you see that right there? Don't ever get out and tell a driver how he needs to drive. At least let the guy cool off. Because, man, I thought they was going to fight over there. And all three of us are just sitting there with our jaws dropped, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's never, I mean, in anything like that, it's, it's, it's never a good time right after something's happened to try and try and solve that problem at that moment. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I uh, you know, like, like it's different if it's your crew guy or if it's something else, you know, but like I've had AccuForce, uh, Keith Burner, I'm sure you guys heard that name a lot. Uh, he's one of the smartest guys in the sport and he's done a lot for me in my career. Um, man, he's got on me a lot. I mean, he'll come in and he'll, he'll, he'll harp on me and tell me, but I like it because he's doing it in a respectful way, but he's very stern, you know, but he tells me when I screwed up, uh, like a, a funny story we were at Lernerville like three years ago and uh I started I started somewhere in the middle of the pack and I was running like crap and I came in and I pitted for tires and uh like I, I changed my driving style when I changed the tires and for whatever reason I just did and he ke keeps on telling me you know you got to land the car land the car and I, I struggle at that sometimes especially when my car I don't feel like it's very good I, I struggle to make up for it and, you know, I, I could, that car wasn't very good in my eyes and I couldn't make the dang thing go. Well, after I come in and change tires, I come from like 20 something and we got third 
And I mean, I'm pretty ecstatic. I, uh, we ran third. It was a 20 grand to win two day show and I'm parked there and I, I'm happy, but here comes burner walking up and I, I knew it was coming. Like I knew he was going to get on me. And, uh, he's, I said, Hey, before we started, let's just go up in the truck. And my guy, my two crew guys there, one was a real young guy. He kind of looked at me and said, what? I said, I'll tell you later. And we go up in there and burner said, you see what you done wrong? He said, yeah. He said, you could have won the damn race if you would have been driving right from the start. <laughs> And, you know, we just come from 20-something to third. And, you know, I'm, I mean, my guys are happy. I'm happy inside, but I dang sure didn't show it to him because I knew he was going to be on me. And uh, he said, you got to land that car, and you got to figure out what's going wrong before you fall back. Well, anyways, he said, you'd have won the race if you'd have started landing the car on lap 15 instead of lap 35. And the next night, we went to Sellins Grove and won. That was uh, our second outlaw win of the year. And, you know, I kept that in the back of my mind about laying in the car and then the next night we win. So it kind of, you know, worked out, but he's, he's just, he, he didn't cut me no slack. And I've told him, you know, you're not ever going to offend me. Uh, just, just tell me like it is. So I just, I had to take it that night. And luckily it worked out for the better the next night. Hey, I want to, I want to go back here a little bit because you talked about Jimmy Owens and, and going back to speed weeks this year, it was so awesome because Jimmy had a great speed weeks, man. He was fast the whole way, a whole time down there, especially at East Bay and, and I don't know if it's because he put white in the in the paint scheme this year in the in the wrap scheme because it looks unreal. But man, he was fast. Yeah, he he uh, man, he, he just he found something and and he's he's smart enough to to know he, he's looking for that feel. Um, you know, like like Scott and my dad and Burkhoffer over the years, they look for that feel when they find the feel. That's when them guys Jimmy Mars is another one. Uh, that when them guys go on their runs, it's when they find the field that they were looking for. And I think Jimmy, uh, you know, Jimmy ran decent at East Bay or Brunswick East Bay, you know, at times, but at all tech, he came from the back to fifth with his backup car. And then he ran that same car at Volusia them nights. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the same car he won all of them in. And, and I think that showed he found what he was like liking and, uh, that guy's one of the best drivers in the sport. Um, he, he probably, uh, you know, he, how can I word this? He's probably the best driver in the sport. Uh, if you take out my dad and Scott over the years. And if you, if, if, uh, you look at Jimmy in 10 years, we'll see what he's won in 10 years. He might be right there with dad and Scott. I don't know. But right now I, I think he's clearly third in my eyes. Like my, not in, my eyes don't mean nothing to nobody, but just in my eyes, I didn't get to watch Larry Moore and Jeff Purvis and all those older guys. I didn't get, I wasn't fortunate enough to watch them, but from what I've seen in, you know, my 20 something years, uh, dad, Scott and Jimmy are, are by, you know, I think they're the top three in my eyes. And I think Jimmy's won a lot of races and he's also done it being the crew chief, just like my dad and Scott. Let me ask you this. When you, when you look at, ahead um once we can get back racing what's what's the the one race that you really want to put on your resume uh anything at eldora um i ran fourth there in the world 100 a couple years ago i think in 17 or 16 or something and uh uh, that, that if I could win anything, it'd be the world 100 or hell of a prelim at Eldora. Like I'd be fine with one of them just to get on that stage. Um, but that's, that's everybody's answer. So, 
um, you know, you know, for the most part, Eldora, but like, if I had to pay, I just want to win a Lucas race. I, I've been decent at times. I think we, we had that one at Brunswick one a few years ago and, uh, Scott broke in front of us and I knocked the radiator out and it had like 13 laps to go. And it was a brand new Ford I just bought and the, my water pressure light, I ran up underneath him and I thought I seen water and then my pressure light went down. There was 13 laps to go. If that wasn't a brand new engine, I would have burned it down trying to win the thing. It wouldn't have been smart financially, but I'd have won 10 or 12 grand, whatever it paid. And, uh, uh, you know, the motor probably would have been 20 to fix because it would have cooked it, but I would have probably risked it to win a Lucas race. And, and now I haven't been that close since, and that was three years ago. So, uh, I just, I'd like to get one of them races, win one of them and Eldora, you know, I think, uh, uh, Eldora just means a lot to me. The World 100 means more than anything, so that'd be awesome to get my name on that with my dad. But uh, if, if I could get something this year and you know and be realistic, we were so bad last year. Um, it'd be awesome to get a Lucas race. And you know, I, I look at some of the tracks that I'm you know better at, and East Bay's one of them. And I you know kind of slip there. I one of them nights we ran third, and we might have had the second best car, but we dang sure didn't have the best. So. You know, we weren't going to win that night unless Shepard wasn't there. And uh, and then, you know, you look at some of these other ones like Wheatland, I'm not real good at. Magnolia, I've kind of hit and miss. Uh, Ponderosa, I've won a couple there, I think. That that might be a good one to maybe have a chance at. How did you feel about your speed weeks? Um, compared to 19, it was like a win. I, uh, I was doubting myself as much as you could doubt yourself. Uh, like, I... I struggle with the cars and uh, I couldn't figure out, you know, all the, every, all, all the cars out there are good, no matter what they are, they're all good and they're all can be good, but you got to tickle them, right? You got to find the right setup and you got to find what fits you. And um, I, I struggled so bad last year. And, and that's when Marshall called me in off season. We talked to each other and I, uh, I'd finally just said, you know what? I hate to, man, I, I hate switching like this three times, like bam, bam, bam. But it was the best move I've ever made for my career. Um, and it's going to show it. I've never had any kind of support from anybody like that. As far as I've had good people over the years, the victory circle people and, um, Al Stuckey and whatnot to, to be, to be helpful, but I've never ever had the kind of support like in 13 years of racing as Marshall Green's given me right now. And he calls me all the time and he, and, and he keeps me in the loop and, and we don't change very much because the car is in the wheelhouse. And, you know, I think we ran the Lucas deal last year and we come out of Florida like 25th or something in points, like horrible. And uh, this year we come out ninth, I think. And we're only 60, 70 points, I don't know, like second or third. That That's as good as it could get for me. I, I uh, uh, This year, I should say. Now, next year, we probably want to come out in the top five or six, I hope. You know, maybe lead the thing, but uh it's such a i mean you talk about a confidence booster it was a lot um you can i mean hell you can call marshall and put him on here he'll tell you like i was beat up and had zero confidence in myself and anything because I, I just i ran so bad man i tried hard and it just didn't matter like i just got my butt kicked all year billy take us through the emotions right now of of you know, you're a guy that races for a living, and, and to start the season off um, strong, you know, after you said 2019 didn't go as planned, to get that, that little bit of a feel like we talked about earlier into 2020, 
and to get you know put on halt right now what's the range of emotions right now for a guy who's out there doing this for a living man it sucks like the set here uh you know i mean you know back to our speed weeks we didn't like set the world on fire but we ran good for us and then hell we've won like multiple heats uh set a couple fast times on different tracks all over the place and then you know we went to that comp cams race a couple weeks ago and i qualified like crap like dang near last and i can't i ran second in the heat race by like a half a car length and then at the end of the feature, we were really, really good on the stopwatch and ended up running third. And we just kind of ran out of laps there. I wish it would have been a longer race. We might have could have at least made it exciting. Might not could have won, but we could have made it exciting. And then uh, the next night, we blew a dang power steering line running third. And um, there was like 12 laps to go. And I think on that race monitor, we were a couple tenths faster than all the guys in front of us. Uh, not given that don't mean you're going to win. But, you know, that could have been two podiums probably for, you know, right before we take a break. That would have meant a lot. Not to mention if we'd have run second or third, we'd have made a couple more grand. But as far as the the break now, if I wouldn't have got to go to Speed Weeks, it would be, like, horrible right now. I'd be so tense, and that's how I was all winter. I just wasn't relaxed, and I couldn't, you know, I, you couldn't enjoy yourself. I mean, uh uh, just when you get your butt kicked that bad for a whole year, and then we go to speed weeks and we're competitive. We're not one of the best cars down there. Hell, we probably weren't the top five, but we were probably in that next tier, and that next tier is hard to get to, that second tier, I think, you know. And last year I was the bottom tier. Like, hell, I wasn't better than anybody. And um, so that kind of makes me be a lot more relaxed. But as far as the racing for a living and trying to make ends meet, um that it sucks right now because you don't have any income that's why i'm trying to sell parts all the time and i you know people bring me their cars to kind of go over i sell shocks and try to hustle as much as i can to make make an extra buck that's that's what i'm doing right now um as far as that goes but if if we wouldn't have got to go to speed weeks man it'd be in a it'd be a long long break for me right now running as bad and and the what ifs like man what is, am i just terrible like do i even deserve to be with these guys or, you know, are we competitive? And now I think we've showed we are. And uh, there's a lot of guys that haven't even won a heat race this year, much less multiple ones and fast times. And we got a couple top fives. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not, like, sitting here ecstatic at how we've started, but I, I'm, I'm very happy and eager to get going. Let me ask you this, uh, Billy. When you talk about, you know, kind of that doubting yourself and asking yourself, how hard is it not to totally change your driving style and start to just, you know, throw everything at the wall, hoping something sticks to try and stay consistent and, and work. I mean, that that's gotta be so difficult when you're starting to doubt everything. It is. And, and, and last year I, uh, I followed that Lucas thing all, all the way. Well, you know, it probably would have been smarter to stay around home, but, you know, I'm trying to make a living, and when you're guaranteed that show-up money and guaranteed all that money, it's hard to jump off that deal. And, you know, I kind of already talked to my main sponsor there. I was going to start the year off and just see how we started, and if we didn't feel competitive, we were just going to run our area, you know, and run summer national, stuff like that. Um, but luckily, we, we, we competed, and we're sitting there, you know, ahead of quite a few cars, especially we're ahead of some teams that have a heck of a lot more money than me behind them. So, and money's not everything, but money sure helps you make, you know, make the, you know, buy new things and buy new tires and whatnot. But um, if anything that does, that just shows where I can at least be competitive with them guys. So, you know, 
you start doubting yourself really, really bad. Um, at least I did. Uh, you know, dirt on dirt, they put that deal up last year about like states you've won. And I mean, I thought we've won in quite a few, but I didn't realize where we would land in the past like decade or whatever. We're, we were like third or fourth. I've won like 20 states or something. And that was like a pleasant surprise. Like, holy crap, maybe I can win a race at least, you know, here and there. Um, so that, that kind of, you know, helped me with a little, you know, realize, well, let's just keep working harder and work harder. So, um, when you, you start down yourself, then you start overdriving the car, then you start wrecking when you usually wouldn't wreck or you start, you know, missing the mark and qualifying. So I done that a lot. Like a lot of times when it was slick, when I usually would run better at times, I would miss my mark. And instead of qualifying third or fourth and sitting on the front row somewhere like a Granite city, well, then I qualify ninth and I'm sitting there third row inside of a heat race uh, for just because I missed my mark. Cause I was, you know, wasn't focused like I should be because I was, you know, beat up from running so bad. Those are the mistakes that I kind of caught myself making and, um, and a lot of confidence. Like, I mean, you're driving down there and you're going to throw the thing on a cushion, you know, three feet off the wall. You need all the confidence you can get. And when you're lacking, sometimes you make a mistake and you step in the fence. And I, I'd done that a few times last year as well. All right. I got to ask you this question. And it was sent in actually, as soon as I announced you were going to be on uh, a good buddy of mine, who's a, a huge fan of yours and your dad's, uh, message sure. me and he said you have to ask when his dad got dropped the junior and when it went to to billy moyer jr now and it was funny he texted me billy because we're sitting here with james essex last saturday and we're we're doing some work remastering some old old uh jackson 100s here for brownstown speedway and essex is doing the call and it was funny to sit here and watch your dad race in the day and it, we're still calling him Billy Moyer Jr. And I'm like, we got Billy Moyer Jr. coming on this week. So I have to ask the question, when did the junior transfer? Man, I have been asked that. First off, James Essex is one of the nicest guys in the sport. Oh, my gosh, I just, I man. I say that. that. That guy is awesome. Like, I would do anything he needed. If he ever needed something for me, like, that's how he treats me. And I, just, I wanted to say that. I'm glad you mentioned him. He, he, uh, I hope he gets in that Hall of Fame one day. Heck, he might be there. Uh, that, that. That guy is such a good person, and, and as far as a hell of an announcer, I, I just wanted to – it doesn't mean nothing coming from a guy, but I'm just saying for me, like, it doesn't mean nothing. I just wanted to say that real quick. He is I, one of the coolest guys in the sport. I'm going to interrupt you, Billy, but we sat here Saturday <laughs> watching him call those old races, and I literally had goosebumps. I mean, he's sitting here in my studio calling a race from 30 years ago like like it's yesterday. Like, he knew exactly what was going to happen, and – and I'm just sitting here in goosebumps. I mean, he is one of the most amazing human beings I've ever been around. He really is. He's great for the sport. He's very, very knowledgeable. And he, he doesn't make a whole lot of mistakes, like as far as remembering to call out sponsors or stuff. He I've never, he's never got my name wrong. And uh, like my sponsors and whatnot, he, he doesn't get enough credit as far as like, he, he's one of the, like, he's one of the big good guys in the sport. Like I, I like him a lot, but to answer your question there, when my dad first started racing, my grandpa was still racing a little bit. Well, my grandpa was Bill Moyer. My dad came along was Billy Moyer. So everybody just assumed, well, it's Billy Moyer Jr. All right. So dad just went with it and he rolled with it for a while. Well, then here I come along and they want to name me after him. So they did. Well, here's the difference. My grandpa is William John. My dad is William Kent. I'm William Kent Jr. 
So we're all William, we're all Bill and Billy, but to be a junior, you have to have the exact same name. I, my dad and I share the same names, so I'm junior. My grandpa does not. We're just, you know, we're just named. I'm sure you guys have people in your yep. family named after each other with just one name. Well, that's where it came from. So I've argued with people. I mean, I'm telling you, I've argued with announcers and people sent me messages and like wanted me to fill stuff out. And they're like, you're not junior. You're the third. And I'm like, I'm telling you, I'm junior. And that's how I've answered that. I'm telling you <laughs> at least 5,000 times. Like, and that's the difference. It's William John versus William Kent. And my dad and I are both William Kent, and I'm Junior, so I'm, I'm the Junior. You're the true Billy Moyer Junior. <laughs> there is there is no third. Like there's no Junior Junior. There's no uh, like Matt Miller and Bart Hartman and all them guys all give me give me hell. Like call me Junior Junior over the years, and uh, the Mars Brothers do that. Uh, I'm good friends with them guys. Uh, look up to them a lot too. Them are good people in the sport. Uh, uh i'm the real junior the only junior not the real i guess the only one and and now we we joke around about people like like matt miller i'm sure you remember his name mm -hmm. he uh he had a guy work for him over the years called Schoolboy, and uh i i would he called me junior junior i'm like i'm not junior junior and so oh, we we do that still to this day he works for sunoco uh, i call him Schoolboy, and he calls me junior junior just as a joke and because uh, he's not schoolboy and I'm not junior, junior, but just uh, I remember him and Hartman over the years would always give me a hard time about that. Well, it, it is funny because I knew he, he's a good buddy of mine. I knew forever he, he's been a huge fan of you guys. And I posted that to Facebook that you were going to be on. And it was within three minutes. My my phone goes <laughs> off and he's like, dude, if you ask one question, he goes, I've been a fan forever. We got to figure out how this all worked out. And I go, I will ask it. I promise I'll ask I'm about not. the junior. <laughs> I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad to set that straight. I'm glad to glad to still have a few fans out there. It was uh, it was a rough year, so I'm glad to still have a couple left. Hey, let me throw this to you too here before we 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 take off. Um, why don't you Why don't you give a shout out here to your sponsors and and who helps you get to the track and all that kind of stuff? Thank you. Um, you know, I, I've I've said this a bazillion times, but if it wasn't for Nutrient Ag Solutions and Steve Martin. Uh, them guys, like, that's another funny story how I got hooked up with them. Uh, he, 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 I wouldn't be where I'm at without him. But so, Nutrient Ag Solutions, Dynagro Seed, um, both of those are, are the same. Nutrient owns Dynagro, uh, and there's a bunch of companies out there, I mean, a bunch of companies underneath Nutrient that they sell. And, uh, you know, if anybody's in the farming business and you're, uh, you're looking, you know, want to support Dirt Lay Mall Racing, uh, you know, and it doesn't matter which product you use, you know, we'd appreciate if you'd use them. And uh, uh, Masia Valley Transportation, Royal Jones helps me out with diesel. And uh, he allows me to travel uh, quite a bit also. So he, he's, uh, he's a big supporter of mine. And Hass Horizontal, Bob Hass down there in Houston, Texas, he came on board last year. And uh, that, that guy, is uh, he's been a big, big help to me. I, I respect him a lot. And he's told me a lot of things over the, you know, the past few months you know, kind of as a, just an extra guidance or an extra ear or an extra eye to see things. He, uh, he's a good guy and he come on board with me last year and he told me he liked, uh, he liked my work ethic and he liked how clean we kept the car and our truck and trailer and, uh, you know, stuff like that. And that's why it helps me. I'm like, well, that, that worked out well. That's, that, that's how it's supposed to work. And, uh, uh, new vision graphics, keep our car looking good all the time. Um, FK Rodins, Maria, I'm sure everybody, 
knows her. If they don't, she's one of the best people in our in our entire sport. She's helped so many people, and I'm very very fortunate for her to to pick me uh, to represent them. Um, Sunoco is another one. Um, Hoosier Tire helps a lot. Um, Capital Race Cars. They uh, they're they've pretty much probably dang near saved my career because I was in jeopardy of not knowing if I had what it took to get it done. And uh, uh, Cap Marshall Green and every one of them guys in that shop have been cool to me and helped me. Uh, DEI Technology, uh, Weir's Machine, uh, Chad Weir's there, Steve Maynard with uh, DEI are good people. Wiles Drive Shaft, um, AccuForce, Keith Burners, uh, awesome. Uh, Penske Shocks, Aaron up there is great. Um, Ibox Springs, Dave Carty's been with me like dang near 10 years. And have been have treated me has never said anything about you know a budget this and that just whatever we need to go fast we need it. Um, I'm trying to think there there's there's so many that I could mention. Uh, Stop Tech came on board this year. Great breaks. Um, KRC Mel Kluzman's a big help of mine. Uh, uh, they they make the best lug nuts in the sport. Um, let me interrupt we'll you here and I'll let you yep. think. I do want to throw out though, you you know, you brought up DEI there and Steve Maynard, and uh, I just want to say, you know, he's a friend of the show, been on the show with us before, and great guy, um, unbelievable uh, what he does to help at dirt track racers, and and if you if you're looking for a guy that can can help your program, reach out to Steve at DEI. Absolutely, um, Steve Steve's a great guy, man. He's he's helped me for a few years here since he's been at DEI. Uh, you know, I can call him up. I need something. He's there, and uh, it, it happens quick. Uh, All Star Performance is another one. Kurt Spalding, uh, th them guys, uh, Kurt and Bob B up there. Both of them always get my order. You know, right to me. Um, man, I'm trying to think here. Uh, uh, Fergola, they help quite a bit. Um, uh, Oakley down there. Uh, Greg Dethridge. If anybody's looking for Oakley's, look him up on Facebook. He he keeps us looking good. Um, MSR Mafia, Ben Shelton, him and them guys do a great job with the website. Uh, Sweet Manufacturing, man, it, it sucked to lose Randy. Um, he was such a good person for the sport. Um, as far as the innovation that people, that the everyday fan doesn't know how much that guy and CJ Rayburn have done for the sport. Um, them, them are two really, really big ones. Uh, it was, man, it was terrible to lose him. Uh, uh, he's helped me for my whole career. Uh, great people. Uh, FSR Racing, uh, the, the the Brad McCarver helps me out a lot. Uh, radiators, oil coolers, uh, the shields and everything, whatever they need uh, uh, get going. I think uh, Lucas Oil I think came on board this year uh, with the, with some product support. That's that's a big deal. Uh, man, I'm trying to think here. Bird Transmission. I, you, you know, they make a great transmission, bell housing, starter, all that. Franklin rear ends, just built one of them today for my, for a spare. Uh, man, I can go on and on. I, I hope I didn't forget any. You know, I'm sure I didn't mention a few, but if you get on my website on the sponsor page, if somebody's ever bored sitting there quarantined, just look through that sponsor page and, uh, you know, check them out. Check out all their Facebook pages. Uh, man, I, I know I forgot a few, and I feel terrible. Uh um, I, I just I can't uh, I can't remember them all, but it's tough without that, the car sitting there. Yeah, that <laughs> usually when I do these interviews, I, I have the car right there to look at. I've got 
I've got something over there, but I can't see it far enough to, to read them. Uh, but, you know, I, I sound like a broken record on every interview. I, I thank my sponsors. But um, I just I want to make sure everybody knows that I'm very uh, appreciative of everybody. And my grandpa, um, he, he's put me where I'm at as far as giving me a uh, – he was the one that kind of owned the motor, too, that when I first started. Um, both, you know, he owned my motor. And I had to pay the rebuild bill, and, and if I broke something, you know, but he let me have them to get started. And uh, my uncle haircut, my uncle Greg there, a couple car lots up there, Carl Chevrolet over the years have helped me uh, become, uh, you know, hopefully I can keep on going with them. And, uh, uh, man, I can't, I can't think of anybody else. I think I've ran out, but uh, I'm, I'm just very, uh, you know, thankful for them. Billy, before we take off, I want to say this, and, and, you know, we started this thing about two and a half years ago, um, and we honestly didn't know if anybody would sit down and talk to us. We, we love this sport. We wanted to promote this sport. Um, so I just have to say this is an absolute honor um, to have you on the show tonight. I appreciate you so much being willing to come on and talk to us. Um, I just can't say enough how much we appreciate you giving up your time to be a part of Thrall Up the Podcast. Yeah, man, it, it's it's my honor to be uh, and anybody. I don't know how I can't see how many people are listening, but no matter what, it's uh, anybody that wants to sit back and listen to some stuff, listen to me talk about stuff that, you know, I I, I, I don't know, try really hard, I guess, to, to win some races and and to do all that means more and represent your sponsors. But, man, I try to try to be as good a person as I can, especially, you know, you won't you won't ever see me uh, uh, cold shoulder a kid or. Or if, if I have time to talk, I'll talk to anybody. Now, given I'm sure some people have been irritated, but uh, over the years, if you're in a hurry and you got to get in the car, oh, you yeah. can't talk possibly. But if I'm ever sitting there and I have time, I'll sit there and talk to anybody. And especially I, I go out of my way to make sure those kids are uh, – uh, make sure they know. Cause I, I remember them guys when I was growing up, you know, the Ronnie Johnsons, the Bart Hartmans, the Rick Eckerts, uh, Freddie Smith. All those guys went out of their way to talk to me growing up. And I never forgot that. I didn't forget sprint car drivers like Dale Blaney, uh, Craig Delansky. I, I, them guys wouldn't remember me if they seen me probably. But I 100% remember the guys that talked to me as a kid. And I hope I can. I'm dang sure not one of the top tier guys that wins all the time. But I hope some of them kids remember me talking to me. And, uh, you know, I can I can make an impact on them to show you know, to always try to make time for the next generation of our sport. And uh, that that's cool. So anybody that sets back and listens to an interview with me, um, that that's pretty cool. And, uh, you know, my mom and my wife and, you know, my daughter, I didn't think them. Uh, my mom does a lot behind the scenes. And, and my wife uh, keeps up with Hallie and makes it where I can, you know, focus on the race car a lot, especially when I'm gone for a little bit of a time on the weekends and whatnot. I don't get to do anything for Hallie as far as change diapers and whatnot on the weekends. So I'm, you know, if it wasn't for her doing that, I don't know what I'd be doing. So I, I forget to mention them some, but I, I want to, you know, make sure that uh, they get thanked, especially my mom. She's done a lot for me over the years. And I, I also, I also want to tell you this, and uh, we are very hopeful here um, being that Brownstown Speedway is our home track. We're very hopeful that we're going to see you May 9th uh, here for the Indiana icebreaker being rescheduled. Um, and I've got a five-year-old inside who is ate up with the dirt track world and wants to know who I'm talking to every Wednesday night that we go live. So 
when I'm I'm gonna be very hopeful. I'm gonna say when you guys are here May 9th for the Brownstown Speedway Indiana Icebreaker, I'm gonna bring him down to uh, at least introduce him to you. Yeah, man, do that. I uh, uh, I, I hope we're there May 9th. <laughs> I uh, I don't know if I would bet any money on it. <laughs> I <but> will. <laughs> I'll agree with I, that. Uh, uh, man, there's there's some smart people that'll make the right decisions and. Uh, uh, the track. I mean, of course, obviously the government and our president, and everything will make the right call. But as far as the the racetrack and the series, uh, Rick Schwally, Steve Francis, Ashley, all of them, they they're going to make the right call on where we should be. And as far as the safety of everybody, uh, um, all of our racers, the fans, the staff, and the people that the from the people that dump the trash, the people that signs the check, you know, they're not going to put anybody in any danger. Um, but I hope we're there May 9th. Uh, uh, but I, I don't know I, if we are, I think we've won a couple there at Brownstown and you know, it's a funny deal real fast. I know we're getting off here. No, you're James good, man. Story. Uh, heck I, I don't mind. I got sit here all night. I like them fans. They tweet a message and I like answering that stuff. It's fun. But, uh, James Essex, I was the first one on that Brownstown stage, that concrete one. I won that summer national race in 2002 and uh, James Essex reminds me of that multiple times. I didn't know this probably until this year or last year that I was the first one on that stage. I, uh, I kind of forgot about that. And he, uh, he reminds me and, uh, uh, that, that, that was pretty cool. And, uh, I would love to be on that stage again. Hey, well then that's what we're going to pull for is that May 9th, <laughs> we'll, we'll have that chance, uh, to see Billy Moyer jr. The real, junior <laughs> on the concrete stage at Brownstown Speedway again. And Billy, again, I, I can't tell you how much. I appreciate it, man. And, and we're going to be pulling for you. Um, we want to see you have a great year this year. And we just want to get back to the racetrack, man, just so we can uh, support you and, and uh, you know, everybody that gets out to the track and, and does what we love. I would too, man. I'm, I miss seeing all the fans, our sponsors. I miss seeing uh, the TV people all the way to the radio, to the, to the random fan that's at the same track every single year we go to, uh, that I miss all that as well. But we, uh, um, I look forward to come back and, you know, tell the fans there, if anybody's lit, you know, gets on Twitter, it needs to pass the time. I'll, I'll answer any question. You know, that guy, I wish he would have just sent me a message on there asking about my name, but, uh, anybody in my, I'm on Twitter there, 21 BMJ. I think it just send me any kind of question, anything to help pass the time through all this quarantine or, I'll answer whatever I can if, if somebody's got any kind of question about that or the past or uh, anything. I'll do do whatever we can do to make the fans uh, – that way they don't forget about us because we're going to need them at the racetrack because I, I don't think I'm going to get a paycheck here for another month or two. And uh, we, we need all the fans we can get in the stands. And uh, uh, if you go to my website, billymoyerjr.com, you can order a T-shirt on there if uh, if it's in your budget. <laughs> Hey, and uh, if you are quarantined, uh, like I said, we've been doing some work with James. So go check out um, either the Thralled Up Facebook page. It's on the Brownstown Facebook page for all those fans out there. But some great throwback memories of some old school races that we're going to be putting out um, here over the next couple weeks. We did the 95 Jackson 100 last night. Um, and it's, it, it, this is just such a cool deal because we're, we're digitizing those videos. And then James is actually doing a live call of the race here in studio while watching it. So, and for any fan that doesn't know what James Essex puts in, he comes in with full notes of everything from 
who had a flat tire in the heat race before. I mean, it's unbelievable what he comes in with. So go give that a listen um, and a great watch. Uh, and, again, Billy, we, we wish you the best. I, I hate to say I, I usually think I'm pretty important, but I hear someone in the background that's a lot more important than me. So, <laughs> Yeah, she's down here playing. Yeah, that uh, that's cool. I, if you uh, if you ever do one of these podcasts with uh, James Essex, make sure you let me know. I'd like to sit back and listen to him. I'll tell you another one's old Dustin Jarrett. He's yes. got a lot of pretty cool stories and whatnot. I, I, I like hearing that. You Make sure you let me know if you ever get James on here. Well, he was on just a couple weeks ago, so go back uh, on the Facebook <laughs> page and you can listen to him because – and actually, he went for almost two hours. Um, <laughs> I believe it. Because he I couldn't quit telling. Either. And I think I said about three words, and he just talked the other two hours. So, And it was beautiful. It was one of the best <laughs> I've done. Yeah, you call up the Lucas uh, director there, Schwally. I bet he'll believe that story that James <laughs> talked for two hours. <laughs> All right, Billy, we appreciate it, brother. Good luck. And uh, once we get back to the track, uh, we'll be excited to see you. Thank you very much. Thank you guys for having me on. You guys have a good night. You Thanks, too. Billy. Thank you. All right, and uh, like I said, we'll uh, we'll take off here with our last uh, sponsors of the night. Um, and again, I just want to say, you know, huge shout out to uh, Billy Moyer Jr. there for coming on, and and Ryan again for you coming on um, tonight to help me kind of fill that spot there. And uh, we uh, hopefully we'll have Matt back next week again as we'll be talking to Rico Abreu here uh, on the show, and then be on the lookout again for April fifteenth. Uh, very. Very good guest um, and someone that, that around our area here um, is going to be pretty popular. So be on the lookout for who we, we're working out some details with for that. So, Ryan, anything else you got before we take off tonight? No, I can't think anything. Good show. Um, you know, as to be expected, Billy was great. Great guest. Um, I think we're all just in the same boat. We're ready to go racing. Yeah, this is uh, – I, I love my podcast. I love – you, know, you and I have been doing some things together here to to pass the time and creating some content, but I'm ready to be back at the racetrack. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's going to come soon enough because I don't know. It seems like every other week we're we're pushing things back a little further, and I know it's all for the best, and and we got to be patient, and um, you know, it's going to open up here soon if we're all just you know do what we're supposed to, and we'll be back to racing, and um, you know, can't wait. And again, thank you to all our sponsors, and join us next Wednesday night, 8 p.m., for Rico Abreu. P3 Graphics is one of Indiana's premier suppliers for motorsports wraps and apparel. P3 Graphics offers great pricing along with some of the best customer service in the industry. Give them a try on your next project, and you won't be sorry. You can contact them via email, phone, or on Facebook on the P3 Graphics page. To find out more, go to wwwp 3 G-R-A-P-H-I-X.com. Again, that's www.p3graphics.com. Hey, give Brad at Brad Irwin Customs a call for bodies, interiors, fab work, setup, and consulting. With Brad Irwin Customs, you can stick them deeper. Call in today at 812-216-3900. Does your yard have a dead or dying tree threatening your house or property? Do you have an unsightly stump you're tired of mowing around? Have trees that need trimmed up against the house? If you answered yes to any of these questions, call our good friends at Kane's Tree Service. They're fully insured and offer free estimates. Call Kane's Tree Service today at 812-344-5917. Tree trimming, tree removal, stump removal. Call our friends at Kane's Tree Service today at 812-344-5917.